This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hello and welcome to The uh, Rob Carson Show. I I guess the uh, uh, the headline that got me today was Bill Gates bets on Bud Light's comeback as tech mogul buys 1.7 million shares of disgraced brand's parent company after Dylan Mulvaney partnership tanked value i mean i didn't think you could find a way for bud light to suck more i really i didn't think uh, just the flavor alone was bad enough i remember uh, bud light because i drank it when i got out of college because you know it was cheap and you know whatever and that was what that was and i didn't know what good beer was sorry if you're a bud light drinker i apologize but honestly uh i don't even drink anymore i, I think you know in the words of uh what was it the movie uh, hot shots part do or or uh, what movie was it with uh anyway it was uh, i picked a bad day to start drink uh, stop drinking well i i, I guess i picked a good time to stop drinking a couple years ago because uh, Bud Light, you know, Bud Light. But there you go. Bill, Bill Gates has decided to bet on Bud Light. So if I were you, I would definitely uh, I would let, definitely go in the other direction. If you didn't have an excuse not to drink Bud Light before, now you have an excuse to not drink Bud Light. Although, I'm, I'm wondering if he might sneak a little uh, mRNA vaccine in your beer. Maybe that's what he is planning on doing. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? We live in a, uh, a country that is upside down and Americans don't like it and every day you look at the newspaper and you go what the hell is going on and you think that uh, common sense is dead well common sense is sparking a revolution common sense makes us question things that we hadn't questioned before common sense has called into question the existence of the FBI and and the Department of Justice and and has made us go huh there's something really there's something uh, very wrong about what's happening when the when the uh, uh, the justice system is used and weaponized against the American people, whether that be CRT parents, whether that be dads who uh, push away a uh, a pro-abortion protester for their son outside of a clinic, and and the FBI raids the preacher's home the next day or days after with twenty armed agents. You know, I can go on and on about all of this nonsense, but we got a guy who wasn't even in the crowd on January the sixth, Enrique Terrio, Enrique Terrio, who's been sentenced to twenty-two years in prison prison for seditious conspiracy. He wasn't even in town, all right? Uh, And there are some other headlines. I was just digging this morning. 
uh, through this. In case you were wondering if uh, the January the 6th thing was a political thing, I said on January the 7th it was a Reichstag moment. It was very obvious to me that if you tried to uh, do what uh, the protesters did at the Capitol on January the 6th, if you tried it at the, uh, the National Mint, uh, you would have got your ass shot out. But for some reason, Nancy Pelosi turned down all security, uh, so did the mayor of D.C., and and people infiltrated the crowd, and people were able to walk up to the Capitol, tap out with a little uh, rock hammer like in Shawshank Redemption, reach in and open the door, or just be let in. Oh, and then when everybody went in, they didn't destroy anything. So you tell me what kind of an insurrection that was. Here's a, here's a headline for a couple weeks ago. The Washington Times' Kerry Pickett, FBI threatened to fire agents who criticized the emphasis on January the 6th investigations. So the FBI went all in to go after uh, protesters on January the 6th, completely forgetting about all of the mass protests in this country that injured thousands of police officers, killed at least one of them, destroyed businesses to the tune of $2 billion during the summer of 2020. And your FBI could give a rat's behind about them. Not one little bit. Judicial Watch, just last week, records show Biden Justice Department set up unprecedented apparatus to target January the six protesters basically getting all your cell phone data for anybody who was in town or coming to town on January the 6th for any reason and even like Bank America even voluntarily turned over bank records for people who came from Boston to see Donald Trump speak that's how bad things got and here's a headline from Reuters on August 20th of 2021 the FBI has found scant evidence that the January the 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was the result of an organized plot to overturn the presidential election result, according to four current law enforcement officials. Another headline uh, from uh, Reuters, FBI confirms there was no insurrection on January the 6th. That article came out in January of 2021 as well. Uh, Congress probing FBI collection of phone location data as J6 civil liberty concerns rise. You also need to know that people have been in the jail uh, for January the 6th for 900 days. Uh, Joe Biggs, who was sentenced to 17 years in prison the other day, spent 30 months in solitary confinement. Meanwhile, in New York, a man has just been released for battering a 60-year-old woman with her own cane 50 times. New York subway beating suspect Norton Blake was set free by cops after hitting a 60-year-old woman with her own cane 50 times because the pair offered conflicting accounts. You see, because there was an argument, I guess, and the police feel that there's an argument that a 43-year-old brute should be able to beat the snot out of a 61-year-old woman with a cane. Yeah. New York cops let the suspect, uh, the suspect uh, accused of beating a 60-year-old woman with her own cane walk free after interviewing him on the scene of the heinous attack. Norton Blake was named by NYPD officials the sole suspect of the attack on Lorelli Reynolds, which occurred early Friday inside a Harlem subway station. The attack happened just before 3.30 p.m. on Friday as Reynolds, who resides in the Bronx, was making her way to the subway station. Blake has a laundry list of priors ranging from from drug possession and assault to trespassing and resisting his arrest, but uh, reportedly gave a false name to cops on Friday. Of how the altercation transpired, the trop transit cop said he and others believed the suspect and Reynolds had engaged in some kind of an argument. A witness said they were arguing over something that that's, might have been dropped. 
And that's when the man grabbed her walking stick from her hands as she fell to the ground and beat her 50 times with it. And he's out of jail in New York City. And Enrico Tarly, Enrique Tario has been sentenced to 22 years for a suspicious, uh, seditious conspiracy that, doesn't, that didn't exist. Yeah. This is the country that we uh, that we live in right now. And I'm going to tell you, if history is any gauge as uh, far as the weaponization of law enforcement and the court system against the people, if history is any gauge, then the people in charge of this DOJ, this White House, this deep state are uh, are in for a world of hurt. And they're doing everything they can to prevent that world of hurt from hitting them for all that they have done to you and me. And the person who can deliver that just happens to be named Donald Trump. And everybody knows it. And that's why they're considering, I, I saw that uh, Jack Smith might be considering another indictment, which means a couple of things. A, Jack Smith is corrupt as the day is long, and Jack Smith will get his comeuppance, and hopefully it is in a orange jumpsuit the rest of his bloody life. But the other thing it says to me is, something's coming on with Joe Biden real quick. Because every time there is an indictment, it's because something happened. Uh, the the uh, uh, Alvin Bragg indictment happened immediately after Hunter Biden uh, information was uh, was released. I believe the uh, the indictment in Georgia happened uh, the Wednesday after no the Friday after the Wednesday where two IRS whistleblowers testified about Hunter Biden's corruption. So Enrique Tario is uh, is going to jail for 22 years, and I predict that uh, this won't stand because it can't stand. This won't stand because it cannot stand in a country where we uh, have become the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in world history. And we know that millions and millions around the world hate us because of that, and they want to take us down. But I know that you... And I aren't going to let that happen on our watch, right? Right? And so when you, when you read the headlines like this, uh, Enrique Tarrio going away for 22 years, not even being there, uh, no weapons on the uh, grounds of the Capitol, no uh, conspiracy. Otherwise, there probably would have been, I don't know, some lawmakers uh, taken hostage and demands met. No damage to the inside of the Capitol at all. Uh, I guess uh, Kevin McCarthy is going to release the January the 6th videos to select media outlets and January the 6th defendants, I guess uh, because there might be exculpatory evidence in there that would prevent them from being sentenced to 22 years in prison when you weren't even there. It is, uh, it is remarkable. These are remarkable times that we live in. And uh, we really are uh, in, and I, and I hate to use the cliche, but uh, a, an existential crisis. We are in a, a battle. It's a, it's a spiritual battle. Uh, it is a, a physical battle in some cases, uh, the left attacking us like they did in the summer of 2020. But it is a battle, and I believe we're going to win. I really, really do. We just have to endure a whole lot of tribulations before then. It's amazing. Joe Biden, uh, apparently, uh, he, uh, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, Jill Biden tested positive for COVID. Because they went off to Delaware. And for some reason, Jill Biden had to have a test for COVID. And uh, we haven't seen the test and we haven't heard about the doctor or anything. But we know that Jill Biden tested positive for COVID.
And Joe Biden came back to work because he didn't test positive for COVID, even though, according to everybody, he's in the most risky group of people to get COVID, the elderly. All right. He's an old man. He's not just old. He's elderly. There's a difference between elderly and old. He's a gentleman who is of advanced age and declining mental and physical health. He is, uh, uh, you know, a, an, a number one target for the covid virus. Yet Joe Biden came back to the White House, had a big old, uh, big old ceremony, uh, celebrated, uh, gave a, a medal to a, a war hero, an 81-year-old war hero, the Medal of Honor, just a day after being with Jill Biden and testing positive. But Joe Biden decided to take his mask off, took his mask off while standing next to the 81-year-old war hero, despite his wife Jill testing positive for COVID, the president who was awarding a Congressional Medal of Honor to Captain Larry Taylor. Should be charged with attempted murder, right? Isn't that what it should be? It should be attempted murder. Entered the White House wearing a black face mask, but removed during the prayer portion of the ceremony. Maybe because uh, Joe Biden knows that masks broadcast fear. And in case you didn't know, we're going into election year. Yeah, and and they used the election uh, the last time. They they used COVID and the burn and the burning of uh, of American cities to uh, impact the election of uh, 2020, among other things, and as well as cover up Hunter Biden's laptop and all that. But you you know that stuff, right? There, other than that, there's nothing to see here. And then Joe Biden, after uh, not taking the mask off and attempting to murder the uh, the recipient of the Medal of Honor, he uh, accidentally I don't know what happened walked away from him leaving him on stage, awkwardly listening to the closing benediction. So he, uh, he takes off the mask. He, uh, you know, uh, murders or attempts to murder the uh, recipient because, you know, COVID is so deadly and Jill Biden tested positive for COVID. Sure, whatever, right. Uh, and then and then Joe Biden just, uh, you know, he puts the medal on. He just gets up and walks, leaving the guy standing there awkwardly. Yeah. It's your president right here. Yes, sir. Just walking right away there. Guy's kind of standing there. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, and walked off. There you go. And everybody's standing there scratching their heads like, what the heck is going on? And then uh, all the people in the audience are going, oh, yeah, Joe Biden is mentally infirmed. It really is. Uh, it's embarrassing, and it's uh, it's pathetic. And uh, and I tell you what, I think the American people have had about enough of it. Now, coming up, I've got uh, a Maryland elementary school is bringing back mask mandates. I want to talk a little bit about uh, mask mandates. A message from not only uh, Donald Trump uh, but also uh, J.D. Hayworth has a message, and he's introduced legislation that would present uh, prevent the idiocy and the madness of the last COVID uh, outbreak. Uh, we've also got some uh, we got some entertaining stuff today. We've got some great stuff on Rob Schmidt. Last night, your phone calls is welcome at 800-922-6680. This is a Wednesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Stick around. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. You know, it's uh, pretty remarkable that the government would have the audacity to suggest uh, COVID lockdowns after the hell they put us through. Uh, Maryland Elementary School brings back masks for kids as it forces third graders to don N95s again after a spate of pupils testing positive for COVID-19, which killed zero children pretty much. 
during the last outbreak. It, it didn't uh, affect children at all. Uh, but anyway, in a letter t- sent to parents on Tuesday, Rosemary Hills Elementary School, where you should take your children out if you have them in there right now. Uh, Principal Rebecca Irwin Kennedy, she has three names. She does. She watches Sex in the City. She streams it at night and drinks Chardonnay out of a box. Anyway, she said the move uh, made the move after three or four individuals caught the virus in the last 10 days. She demanded students don thick N95 masks, which, by the way, have just uh, been discovered, I guess, two weeks ago to be loaded with cancer-causing chemicals. No, that's real. That's real. So anyway, uh, uh, yeah, the new study says that they may expose users to dangerous levels of toxic chemicals. But go ahead and put that on the kids, all right? Uh, the letter caused widespread fury among those who see the decision as a slippery slope to COVID lockdowns. The letter was reportedly sent to parents of students in one class in the school informing uh, them that their children be forced to wear masks again so they can keep in-person teaching all based on uh, nothing then there's this listen to this this is all on the heels of this did you know that 420 billion dollars was lost from coronavirus aid through fraud and waste a half a trillion dollars that's more than all the international crime families combined and even then they pale by comparison to the grift that the federal government and Big Pharma did to us during COVID. Here's another one. A New York Times quietly admitted this week, this is from two weeks ago, three, no, about, about a month ago, uh, uh, that uh, deaths from the coronavirus were overcounted by 30%. Weird, weird. And, and, and hospitals had this thing. It was, uh, it was a perverse incentive to uh, diagnose COVID and put it on death certificates, which means uh, they got paid for it. Uh, let's see, New York Health Commissioner says she blew hospitalizations out of proportion to push the COVID shot for kids. Yeah, Mary Bassett. Uh, In Albany, New York, the state's acting health commissioner affirmed uh, two months ago that she played up extremely rare pediatric COVID hospitalizations to promote injecting all children five years old and above with the COVID jab. Oh, and then there's this. College students are struggling with basic math with many back at basic high school level. Meanwhile, their professors are blaming the Chinese coronavirus pandemic for massive academic setbacks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, headline here. COVID lockdowns had a catastrophic impact on children's social and emotional skills. Half of parents say. Doctors, a group of doctors, groups warn of astronomical rise of children seeking mental health in emergency rooms. American Academy of Pediatrics, the American College of Emergency Physicians, blah, 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 issued a joint letter warning of an ongoing and worsening crisis, children presenting in emergency rooms with mental health issues that hospitals are not equipped to handle. I mean, do I, do I need to go on or do I need to play a little, uh, a little satire? I, I think satire would be good. Yeah. This is from Jim Gossett about Anthony Fauci and vaccine mandates and masks and whatnot. It's academic. We need another pandemic. Another excuse to break all the rules. It's misdirection to steal an election with an infection. Thank you. To lock down cities and close all the schools. Yeah, it was all kind of stupid, and a lot of people caught it. Lying again to you here in Vaccinaville. Vaccinaville. <laughs> Demanding masks and unneeded shots. 
Chats. Chats. <laughs> Democrat dream, another vote. Reagan's scheme, even a fool. There's no voter fraud in this country. Could connect the dots. You're just silly. You're being silly. Just stop it right now. <laughs> wow. And then there's this, uh, yeah, Biden administration is going to use $1.4 billion to develop new virus drugs and shots. We haven't even held China accountable for creating this one. And have you noticed, have you noticed that? Yeah, suicides hit a record last year. Nearly 50,000 Americans took their own lives. But there are people who literally want to put you and your children through this again. And I, you know what I have to say? Well, I can't say it on the air. There's a two-word expression that I like to use. The second word is you. And I can't say the first one because, you know, <clears throat> I want to keep working. Uh, but anyway, J.D. Vance has proposed a Freedom to Breathe Act. Donald Trump sounds off on this. And, uh, oh, pain at the gas pump is the highest it's been in years. On top of all of that, 800-922-6680, this is The Rob Carson Show. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. That is a great song, Resurrected by Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy had a, uh, a gigantic impact on Gen Z and some of the music they listened to because it, uh, it actually got kids exposed to uh, that song, which, do you know what it is? Do you, do you want to know? This is what uh, years and years in music radio. It's uh, the Raspberries Go All the Way. I know, I know. You're sitting there going, my God in heaven, how does he possess all that worthless knowledge? <laughs> It just is. It just is. This is pretty interesting. Uh, more than half of CDC staff, this is going to, you better sit down for this, okay, because this might surprise you. Uh, more than half of the staff of the CDC leave work for Big Pharma. <laughs> I know, I know. The revolving door of workers at public agency makes it vulnerable to corruption. Oh, shut up. Really? No way. Are you talking about, I don't know, the same CDC that, that took uh, uh, Pfizer from a $40 billion company for its entire existence to a $100 billion company in one year? And, and the same CDC working with government agencies to mandate uh, uh, vaccines that took Merck from $15 per share, share value to $400 million? dollars in share value in one year not that government now you, you you're kidding me right yeah more than half of cdc staff go on to work for big pharma a first of its kind report <laughs> has been found i mean it's just so it's so ungodly corrupt it's now it's out in the open years ago when i lived in washington dc uh, I, I, I question why what seven out of the ten richest counties in america surrounded washington dc they don't make anything there. They don't build cars there or computers there or spaceships or anything. They just, they pretty much just, uh, you know, suckle the teat of big government. And there you go. There you go. Researchers, University of Southern California and Harvard said there's a revolving door between federal workers and private health care companies that's uh, made government agencies vulnerable to corruption. And I would venture to say, I think they're already there. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm an outlier here. Or maybe it's fairly obvious to everybody in America that Washington, D.C. only exists to enrich itself and could give a flying bleep less about you and me. 
see uh, East Palestine and Maui, will ya? Here's uh, Mr. Donald Trump talking about uh, the latest spat or spout or whatever the hell you want to call it of government officials uh, uh, starting to wear masks, starting to start that that, that mission creep before uh, the election of 20, uh, 2024 and, and starting all this nonsense. And uh, Donald Trump delivered a very, uh, a very good message, which is what everyone should be saying, and that is uh, we will not comply. The left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? An election. They want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship, Not going there. more illegal drop boxes, Not more mail-in ballots, and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies Don't heading comply. into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, pretty much. These are bad people. These are sick people we're yeah. dealing with. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom. I call them COVID dictators. Hear these words. We will not comply. Yeah, and I'm not going to comply. I'm not going to wear a stinking mask. I'm not uh, going to take a stinking shot. I'm not going to, well, I don't have a business to close down. But I would encourage you as a parent, if, you're, if your school issues some sort of mask edict after all of the pain and suffering that those mask edicts and shutdowns caused your children, and I speak from experience because I have two kids who are still carrying the bloody shrapnel from having their adam, a- academic careers shred. You better do something about it this time, because if you just go along with it, you're just you're just ushering in a new generation of children who have their lives destroyed. And you, as a parent who are concerned about the mental and physical well-being of your child, you better wake up to it. Because if you haven't paid attention and you don't see all of the nonsense that we went through and, and how it resulted in nothing... You need to start uh, cracking a book, maybe, I don't know, uh, looking at some news coverage. And not from the big three. Not that. This is J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance is introducing a uh, uh, Freedom to Breathe Act. He wants to get uh, uh, Democrats on the record about this nonsense that they're trying to sneak in upon us once again. Just a week ago, Donald Trump issued a video, a very sensible video, saying no more mandates. We're not going back to the COVID tyranny of a couple of years ago. Democrats howled in protest and said nobody's trying to bring back mask mandates. Yeah, and yet this sure. week we see, see multiple instances confirming Trump's thesis that you have multiple entities within our government, within the public health bureaucracy. There are local public schools in the D.C. area now reimposing mask mandates. This is coming back unless we stop it from happening. That's why I introduced this legislation, and I'm going to force the Democrats to vote on it. If they say the mask mandates are not coming back, then come to the Senate floor, vote with us, and say no more mask mandates. Let's make it bipartisan. Uh, We can't have mask mandates again. We cannot have them again. They didn't work. They only existed to broadcast fear and control. And we're not wearing bloody masks again. You could take your stupid mask. I remember when that when it first started, I went to a, a hardware store called Menards. And Menards asked me to wear a mask. And I just walked out. I said, screw you. I'm not going to wear a mask. And then I had to work at a car dealership for over a year wearing a stupid mask and having idiots come into the car dealership because my mask wasn't properly, completely over my nostrils. And they went to a manager. You know, I, this, this nonsense. Uh, it's time to rage against the machine. And this is, this is <laughs> ground zero for raging against the machine. This is ground zero for we're not going to take it anymore. 
in the words of a, of a famous a famous movie. Uh, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. On top of this, um, this is kind of interesting. Uh, pain at the pump. Have you been to the gas station lately? See, I pay attention to these things, and um, uh, I remember when Donald Trump was a president, I, I would fill my car uh, approximately $34. It was a 2009 uh, Lexus RX 350. And then uh, when Joe Biden came into the, the, to office the first few months after he got rid of the Keystone XL pipeline, I remember filling my truck for $94. So from 34 to $94, that was quite a blow. That was quite a blow. And it looks like we're going to do the same thing. National average for a gallon of gasoline st- stands at $3.81, according to AAA. Now, I don't know about you, but doubling the price of gas from when Donald Trump was the president to now is still something people haven't adjusted to because most Americans haven't experienced a uh, 100% increase in their pay in that same amount of time. It wouldn't be so bad if, you know, you got a 25% pay increase the last four years. But you're not getting that, are you? No, you're, you're just having to uh, uh, absorb this. Uh, an extension to uh, production costs by major producers Saudi Arabia and Russia on Tuesday further ensnared an already tightened global supply and seems to have an almost instant effect, which we shouldn't even be worried about because we have every ounce of fuel we need right under our feet. We have more uh, fossil fuels than we'll ever need, from coal to a clean-burning natural gas to uh, glorious, glorious petroleum products, which not only fill your car with gas, but also created this microphone. And this desk, Rob, I'm going to be careful on the desk. My producer gets really mad when I hit the desk. And this, this, this cabinet over here, all of it made from sweet, sweet petroleum. So uh, if you're against petroleum, then go live in a cardboard box. <clears throat> but unfortunately, I think the adhesives holding the cardboard box together are made of petroleum. Um, this is uh, Rob Schmidt. He had an uh, economist on last, pe- last night, Peter Schiff. And I've been following the jobs, uh, you know, situation. Uh, you know my story. I had to sell cars, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to bore you with it again. Um, but uh, I said when, when we saw the employment rate ticking down pretty dramatically, A, it was caused by turning uh, opening businesses again. So... Uh, and I've used the analogy, if you want to increase your business by 100%, here's what you do. On Sunday, be closed. Monday, open your business. Have one sale. You've increased your business 100% from the day before. All right? Same thing happened when the federal government stopped, uh, you know, dishing out uh, all of this PPP nonsense and businesses started to open. They started to hire people. But the problem is uh, the, the people who were getting their jobs back at the same salary were dealing with inflation at a 40-year high. So they started living on credit cards. And then the, inflation, or the, the unemployment rate started to tick down, and Democrats are like, oh, my God, it's still going down. This is good news. Well, the problem is um, people needed another job. People needed two or three jobs. My wife, she just quit her second job at Ace Hardware. She was working there for four years. And here is uh, Rob Schmidt talking to economist uh, Peter, uh, Peter Schiff about the uh, economy and what I said. But what's more important than the numbers is the actual type of jobs. Almost all these jobs are part-time jobs. In fact, usually net, they're all part-time jobs. 
and they're low-paying jobs. Huh. And these jobs are going to people who already have jobs. You have a record number of people moonlighting now. Huh. People are holding down two full-time jobs, what? multiple part-time <clears throat> jobs, and they can barely you know, pay the rent or keep food on the table. So these are desperate people who would rather not have all these jobs but have no choice uh, given how, uh, you know, how much prices are going up with the inflation tax yeah. and their wages don't keep paying. And I tell you, the uh, the other day I, I posted a couple videos, my $100 trip to Walmart that resulted in not even the bottom of the shopping cart covered. I bought such uh, luxurious items as bleach and melatonin gummy bears and uh, and cold brew coffee. And uh, I bought some Cheez-Its because my daughter likes Cheez-Its. I'm not eating that crap anymore. Uh, and a little bit of fruit, but uh, honestly, $100 uh, barely filled the bottom of the uh, grocery cart. And I'm going to tell you, uh, with a family of four or whatever, for me, it used to be about $600, $700, $800 for groceries. And then it kind of ticked up to around uh, $900 to $1,200. And, and I know you're experiencing that. And it's an uh, unbelievably stressful time to, uh, to try to, to pay your bills that's why that's why uh, credit card debt is over a trillion dollars right now. People living on their credit cards. How many times have you been there? That reminds me when I re when I got out of college, I lived on an Amico card <clears throat> because I could go get in a microwave burrito and and a, and a coffee uh, at Amico because I didn't have enough money to put food on my table. I was making eighteen thousand five hundred dollars a year right out of college. I know the old timer. I'm back in my day when a, a candy bar was a nickel, you know, and all that stuff. But I've been there. I've, you know, I put things on layaway, paid them off gradually. <laughs> I've been there, man, and it looks like, uh, you know, it looks like happy days are here again under Joe Biden. And according to former Senator Dennis DeConcini of Arizona, it looks like you are, you're kind of stuck with Biden, Democrats. Democrats just don't have any choice. It's so difficult, said De Dennis DeConcini. Yeah, he said, uh, he's too old, so am I. The problem, in my opinion, is Democrats really have a problem if he didn't run because Kamala Harris, I don't think, uh, should uh, could be elected. Well, you duh. Uh, uh, according to Fox News, New York Times columnist Michelle Goldberg wrote that Biden, upon becoming president in 2020, was too advanced in age to run for election in 2024. Well, who said that in tw back then? Oh, this guy right here. I'm pointing to myself right now. That's me. I said that. I've been saying it that long. Adding that it seemed he seemed too worn out and unfocused. That was uh, a New York Times columnist in 2020. Yeah. By the time he finally achieved the office he longed for, he was far past his prime. And nevertheless, I hope he doesn't run again because he's too old. This is Michelle Goldberg in 2020. New York Times. Atlantic writer Mark Leibovich. Let me put it bluntly. Joe Biden should not run for election in 2024. He's too old. Uh, as a point of uh, professional comparison, Biden would be enjoying his 15th year of retirement if he had spent his career as a commercial airline pilot or his 24th year if he'd been an air traffic controller. There's a reason the FAA mandates compulsory departure times for those persons. These are life and death tasks that demand peak stamina, stamina and mental acuity. The pressure can be crushing, burnout is rampant, and no one wants to see grand, prop, grand pop in the damn cockpit.
Unless it's Sully Sullenberger and, uh, you know, the pilot in the, uh, in the uh, cockpit has passed out from something. Then I wouldn't mind having a senior citizen grab the, <laughs> grab the helm. Uh, here's the number. It is 800-922-6680. Uh, uh, Peter Ducey goes after Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday about uh, Joe Biden uh, complaining he's being treated like a baby. It was another epic home run. The number is 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. So, uh, it looks like every book that comes out that is remotely positive about Joe Biden ends up doing a faceplant because uh, so many people don't like Joe Biden because he's doing a terrible job. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, uh, there was this uh, Jonathan Allen, the author of Lucky, how Joe Biden won uh, the 2020 election. Well, they sold 10,000 books and he skipped his book tour. And then there's a guy I talked about yesterday, Franklin Four of The Atlantic, and he's written this book called The Last Politician Inside Joe Biden's White House and the Struggle for America's Future. And it's not selling any copies at all, but he's out there doing all sorts of uh, appearances. He said uh, in, in his book, he said uh, uh, that uh, it was striking that uh, Joe Biden took so many meetings in the mornings or presided over so few public events before 10 a.m. I know he's surprised. Who couldn't be surprised? Honestly, somebody who's completely uh, in the tank, a party apparatchik that has his head so far up his rear end that he can't see reality. That's who. His public persona reflected physical decline and times dulling of mental faculties that no pill or exercise regime can resist. In private, he would occasionally admit that he felt tired. Wow. And then, and then, listen to this. This is what this author wrote after saying that about Joe Biden regarding the war in Ukraine. If you have eaten something this morning, you may projectile vomit on yourself or at least, uh, you know, kind of puke in your mouth a little bit and just have to kind of force it back down. Just be ready for you. Here you go. Ready? Here's, here are his words. He wasn't just a leader of the coalition. He was the West's father figure whom foreign leaders could call for advice. <laughs> and looked to for assurance. It was his calming presence and his strategic clarity <laughs> that helped lead the alliance to such an aggressive stance with stymied authoritarianism on its front line. What a giant steaming pile of crap. Oh, my God. And then yesterday in the book, Corinne Jean-Pierre was uh, confronted by Peter Ducey because apparently uh, he, in, the, in the book, uh, Joe Biden says he didn't like being treated like a baby in front of his, uh, in front of his uh, staffers and by his staffers. And uh, considering that he's old enough and, and I'm, I'm probably saying needs a diaper change, uh, would it be surprised that they'd want to talk to him like a baby? President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? No one treats the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, uh, like a baby. So there's this book that says That's ridiculous. when staff ridiculous back claim. what sounded like a call for regime change in Russia to the President, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied like that? So look, uh, I'll wow. say this. Um, there's going to be a range, always, a range of books. All right, you might want to have some sort of, uh, I don't know, galoshes. They're these rubber boots you used to put on when I was a kid. Or, or uh, hip waders, maybe hip waders, because it's going to get real deep here in a big hurry. Just be ready for it. Keep your head above the bull crap. That are uh, about every administration, as you know. Uh, that's going to 
have a variety of claims. That is not unusual. That happens all the time. It's not unusual. And we're not going to litigate those here. That's something yeah. that we're not going to uh, speak to. Sure. There is one thing that I do want to, because I think I was asked this question here comes the BS. by one of your colleagues here it comes. about this particular excerpt yes. uh, that they uh, were referring to. And so I'll say this, you know, we did see the excerpt, excerpt uh, the context uh, of the excerpt, yeah. and it seemed to be making the opposite overall point about how the value yes. of his experience and wisdom resulted in rallying the free world against authoritarianism, mm -hmm. which is important. We have Glub. seen this. You all Glub. have seen this. And passage of the most historic agenda in recent history in oh, his yeah. handling of foreign policy, uh, like rallying the world around Ukraine, as you just heard from our national security, national security <laughs> advisor, who laid out in really good questions. Okay, I can't take it anymore. It's getting too deep in my office. My wife will complain about the scent when I get home. Although she does that normally. Uh, 800-922-6680. Let's take a break and be right back. This is The Rob Carson Show. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs> 